You're listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. Says pick Nikki, which rhymes with hi, Mickey. And, and folks, we didn't even plan this. That's just the kind of magic that happens when we talk. Uh, it's Bob, I've seen, I've seen, I went and saw Nikki Haley speak. And frankly, Bob, I was inspired. Uh, in what sense, you know, Nikki? She wants, yeah. she wants to end the chaos that's currently in division that's currently in the country and unite the country uh, and return to the sort of normalcy where we can talk about things like the Social Security retirement age and budget deficits and the balanced budget amendment and term limits. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, she's going to put curriculums online, Bob, so parents can see Excellent. what their children are learning. And these are the sort of important issues that she's dealing with. She's going to end income inequality by repealing the gas tax. Uh, it, it's sort of innovative. And um, frankly, uh, you, you know, yeah, go she ahead. seemed genuine and inspired. And uh, so you're on team. You know, Nikki. I'm, I'm a convert. Mickey's on team. Nikki. That that uh, that'll probably push her over the edge now. Before we elaborate on that, you kind of buried your lead. I mean, it was kind of implicit in what you said, but the lead uh, is mean the fact that I am in I am in Iowa. Mickey's in Iowa. I mean, plus he's on the podcast. That's news since we haven't exactly he hasn't exactly been a regular fixture here. Uh, but um, but yeah, so you're on the podcast, you're in Iowa. Both these things are news. And uh you're a roving so reporter, you're a man on the street. Right. You're, so you're out there taking the pulse of middle America and like you sidle hey, up to people and say, hi, I'm Mickey Kaus from Beverly Hills. And they immediately bond with you. Right? I did that. I did that three times. I uh -huh. would say with, complete with the Beverly positive. Hills part. You said I'm from Beverly Hills. No, not with the Beverly Hills part. Uh, I say I'm Mickey Kaus. And then I sort of figure out what the fuck am I going to say next? I can't say I'm Mickey Kaus with Slate magazine. I can say I'm Mickey Kaus. I have a newsletter. <laughs> and that doesn't impress them, but they're pretty used. To, the people that go to these events are are, are not hostile, really. Uh, so I do talked they, to two people, Bob. Did they, did they ever look at you and say, didn't you used to be big in podcasts? And you say, I am big. It's the podcasts that have gotten little. Does that ever happen in Iowa? No, somebody did say, wait, didn't, didn't, don't I know your name from somewhere? And turned out it was Mickey so, Mouse. It turned out it was a journalist and professor from Grinnell College. <laughs> His name she is Mickey right Cows? Oh, come on. There's no other Mickey Cows in the world, no. is there? No. She, oh, oh, she was a... She was a... She, yeah, she claimed to... Oh. Uh, well, how did that go? How did that conversation go? Did you bond with her? Are you seeing her later? She was very nice, but, uh, but, um, but uh, she had to be neutral, so she wasn't much use in terms of why I'm at a Nikki Haley rally. Uh-huh. But at least she was somebody, you know, who could converse you, with you on the level to which you're accustomed, right? She was no mere middle American. I mean, she was an elite she middle American. She'd written a book about the Iowa caucuses. Like she conversed on a much higher level than I've Wait, you ran into her randomly or you sought her out? Come on. You just she happened to bump into somebody? She was sitting next to me. Um, and uh, wow. and she had students. So I talked to some of the students who were voters. So I talked to one of them. Uh, anyway, they, I'm very bad at that. Dan Balls was there. He was interviewing everybody in the room. Wow. He's he's taken the pulse of the American how people. Is, how old is Dan Balls now? Oh, 
How how old is he Dan Balls now? He looked pretty old. Mm-hmm. And I that's you I talking. Can't. That's you talking. Right? I can't so, denigrate people. So we're talking. I can't denigrate people that look pretty old. No, um, neither of us can. We I was also at the, I was also at the debates, Bob. And how did they go? That look, was last night. If you look closely, if you look closely, I was in the front row of the debates. Well, did you get some TV time? Apparently, I got a nanosecond of TV time, but I think it was from the rear, focusing on my balding pates. I didn't have the. Oh. Somebody claimed to have recognized me. <laughs> it's, and it's, uh, it's inimitable that balding pate. And I ran it, and I ran it to Byron York, and he said, "You have the Ayatollah look." I thought I thought I had the Chip Roy look, but I apparently have the Ayatollah look. Anyway, you and, you and Byron uh, are, pr- are probably—he's like a Trumpist conservative, right? You, you're, you two are probably pretty close. No, he's not a Trumpist. Oh, he's, uh, he's, he's pretty damn very, close. He's a very sensible, smart man. Ooh, you but just I, insulted I, all the world's him. Trumpists. Do you realize what you just said to all the world's Trumpists? You said, "No, he's not a Trumpist. He's sensible and smart." He's, he's there. Go he's your three remaining friends, Mickey. I think I th- I think he he recognizes Trump's failings, but does not think that there is dire a threat to American democracy as other people think. Um, so anyway, the the, the debate uh, start with Nikki Haley. There's a recent she's surging. Uh, there was a recent the, you know the the DeSantis strategy is if he still beats her in Iowa, then she will lose. Uh, in New Hampshire, where she's getting pretty close to Trump, and uh, and 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 meet her doom in South Carolina, leaving DeSantis alone on the field. That's the only plausible strategy. If DeSantis just toughs it out and says, "I, you know, beat her in Iowa," uh, this poll shows her beating him in Iowa. However, which right. would be bad for him, and perversely, according to my friend Ryan Jardusky, bad for Nikki Haley, because. If he did, if Christie's out of the race now, he dropped out yesterday. Mm-hmm. His votes will only go to Haley, putting her closer to Trump, perhaps even with Trump. But DeSantis' votes will go to Trump. So if DeSantis drops out, it's a boost for Trump. So Haley does not want DeSantis to dro- drop out, but if she beats him, he might well drop out. Uh, so Mm, so I don't she, know if this, she wants to come in third, Haley, not second in Iowa, according to this analysis. I, I think well, she wants to come in second in Iowa and somehow for DeSantis to stay in the race, I guess. Uh, but, um, you know, that's not in her control, really. Uh, maybe she can offer him something like, hey, if I beat Trump, you can be my vice president. But uh, I don't think that's that much of a, a mm. wonderful offer for DeSantis, especially think, since I think he despises her at this point. With some uh, justification. Anyway, she the the gist of the debate is Haley is a state of the art sort of uh, uh, sensible, uh, uh, respectable reformist candidate from around the 1990s. Okay, she's she's talking about social security, and she even mentioned means testing, which is dear to my heart. She uh, you know she has a a bunch of little gimmicky do good solutions like this curriculum thing. Uh, and we're, we're ignoring foreign policy here, but we'll get to foreign policy. Mm. Uh, and she's sort of, uh, we need a new generation, blah, blah, blah. She has a little, there's a little Gary Hart type vibe about her followers who seem to think she's going to unite them. You know, is, is a genuine character who's going to unite America. And, you know, as 
as I felt in New Hampshire when talking to Gary Hart followers right before he won New Hampshire spectacularly. Uh, you people are so naive. Just wait. You're going to hate her. <laughs> okay. So I, I, you know, just right. Gary Hart has, it's a wonderfully appealing candidate on paper, but he's uh, fatally flawed in person. Although in retrospect, he's a lot better than that. Um, so, so, she, you know, she wants, she, she appeals to people who want to go back to the pre-Trump era before, uh, you know, before it was obvious that free trade was eviscerating the American working class and uh, before the uh, problems of a globalist foreign policy were completely obvious. Uh, the problem is that's not the world we live in anymore. Uh, but if you, you can have a sort of the fantasy that if you elect Nikki Haley, we're going to go back to that world. Uh, but we're not. Uh, she's also clearly fatally weak on the border her 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 she she gave gave speeches a couple of speeches where she said we don't want these numerical limits we want employers to hire uh anybody who they decide they need okay and, and she never mentioned that there's any, any limit on that it's just we can't have these quotas we should have it by skills and somehow the employers are going to set the limit i guess she left that very vague and, but at the debate, she said we have to deport them all for speaking to current existing illegals. The way to the way to make those two things make sense is she wants to kick out all the illegals and replace them all with legals. Okay, so, so there'll be just as is the political they, they logic would, here that 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 most most of the voters who care deeply about immigration are perma bonded to Trump. So there's kind of no point in trying to pry them away, and she might as well go for like. The donors who want to, you, you know, uh, boost the number of workers in America or something. I mean, well, what, thought, because cause the, the obvious thing would seem to be not to do what you just said she did. The simple, the simple explanation is it's what she really thinks. Uh, uh, and it's also man, what she think. It's That's the explanation the of last resort in she politics. <laughs> she, uh, well, but if she, if she, you know, if, if she wanted to, not priority the Trump voters, why would she say we have to deport them all? Previously, she said, well, people have been here for a long time. We're obviously not going to deport. We have to distinguish them and the, and the newcomers. Mm -hmm. But but last last night, she said deport them all. So she's obviously making a play for Trump voters. Why would she why would she then not bother to say, uh, you know, we need a limit on uh, on Im immigrants, probably because her biggest backer is the Koch brothers. And the Koch brothers want an employer-based system with probably without limits on immigration. And That's she's already kind of pissed what, off. Kind of what I said. She's already pissed. She's already pissed off the Koch brothers. Uh, yeah, the, the donors part is real, but I, you know, the don't. She's already pissed off the Koch brothers so much with her warmongering foreign policy that she can't afford to also piss them off on domestic policy. I mean, half the Koch, you know, all these people left the Koch organization because they were offended when Koch backed Nikki Haley. Right, as I you would expect. Was a foreign policy. Plus, I didn't one of the Koch part. brothers die, and didn't that leave the one who 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 emphasizes the foreign policy more, or not? That's what I. That's what my readers tell me. Hmm. hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, but uh, his whole organization is built up of people who agreed with him before he died. So, presume you know, it's not just him; it's a whole network of money givers. Mm. Presumably, they they still believe in you know in a market driven immigration policy. So I, I I'm I'm for the explanation of last resort. Otherwise, it's inexplicably dumb. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I by so, the way, I mean, I suspect that that even even the people in Coke who want a, a more restrained foreign policy are are probably, uh, you know, may may agree with the dead brother on immigration. Who knows? It's just that I, I just thought maybe there would be more of a relative emphasis on foreign policy with only one brother left. But I digress. So here's the question. Like. Is. Does any of this matter? I mean, is she, you're acting like she's toast in any event once she gets to South Carolina. Isn't South Carolina where she was governor or something? Or was that North Carolina? Right, and she's still, no, she's still losing to Trump. There, She's not toast. She's not toast. She's huh. surging in exactly on paper the way Gary Hart surged, except she's surging a little ahead of time. And only Gary Hart, uh, you know, didn't uh, didn't surge until like a couple of days from now. But um. The caucuses are on Monday, so she only has four days, to, only four days left. But, you know, but she's way ahead of where Gary Hart was in New Hampshire. I mean, she's closing in on Trump, 2044 to 28 or something. Or she's, you know, she's within single digits in some polls. Mm-hmm. And if you added the crazy vote, definitely within single digits. So she's not toast. And I don't quite see why, you know, her governorship doesn't seem to give her more boost in South Carolina, but it doesn't in the polls. But the night is young. You know, all sorts of things could happen. Uh, people said Trump was Trump had a competing town hall. People I didn't see it. People say he was very effective. He tried to tone down some of his more, uh, you know, controversial comments like uh, I'm going to be a dictator on day one. Although I thought that was he was trying to say, I'm not going to be a dictator my entire term just for one day. But. Hey, um, did he repeat so the I am your that. retribution line? That's a little concerning to me. I think he tried to tone that one down, too. Mm-hmm. He he she. Um, she represents a strain within the Republican Party that's still there and a yearning that for some alternative to Trump uh, that uh, that is still there. And uh, uh I'm just amazed that she's gotten the traction she's gotten, and that's in itself significant. The key point is she's she's she wants to return to a sort of state of the art 1990s republicanism that does nothing to address the larger concerns that we've talked about here. Like, uh, gee, maybe the economy is good, but I'm really unhappy with the direction our society is going. Uh, you know, we're going to be we have no. We've lost touch with uh, our communities. We're lonely. We're 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 separated by the acrimony and divisiveness of the web. Uh, artificial intelligence is going to put us all out of work and maybe take over humanity and maybe kill us all. Uh, uh, you know, we have uh, you know various uh, potential bioweapons that might kill us all. We're just not happy. And you have to address these larger bad trends you think you, you think bioweapons is what's got america down that's the source of the ennui fear of I, they read every day that there are things i mean maybe they just read the drudge report or some other place but they they read every day that there's something coming that's going to completely fuck up their lives and and, and nikki haley's offered offering them uh the elimination of the federal gas tax i'm sorry that doesn't address the problem hmm. i haven't heard trump address the bioweapons threat uh, i'm just talking about said it's part of the AI threat. It's the AI will let people develop bio. What is Trump saying about what's Trump's 10 point AI plan? <laughs> I don't uh, think he doesn't more, address more bots, more pro Trump bots on Twitter. What? He's retro too. He wants to make America great again. He's not really addressing these concerns. And if he, 
He's just addressing more of them, the immiseration of the white working class, mm-hmm. than the Democrats are who have thrown the white working class on the scrap heap of history. Although so Biden this, denies is, it. Is, is, Effectively, is, he has. Is your man DeSantis dead, dead, dead? Or just dead, dead? No. Just de- dead, he's dead, not dead, dead, dead. He's not dead, dead, dead if he beats Haley in Iowa. But that's not going to happen. He's, uh, he's sinking in Iowa. And he was not... Oh, 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 I see. B, B. Taylor. Okay, B. There's Taylor. another poll oh. that hasn't even. There's another okay. poll that hasn't even. Supposedly, he has a superior ground organization. Uh, but he, you know that. But the, the polls the, in New the, Hampshire look bad for him, right? I mean, you're expecting him. Uh, you think a second place finish oh, in not, Iowa springboards him to something to what in New Hampshire? Something respectable enough that he can stay in the race. Remember, Biden did not finish respectably in New Hampshire. He got walloped in New Hampshire. He figured. I think he polled it house-like levels, which would be five percent, mm. maybe maybe better than that. But he he just got creamed in 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 New Hampshire. That didn't stop him. So DeSantis is going to say it shouldn't stop him, and why not? Uh, and uh, so uh, he has to find some place after South Carolina to make his stand. And I haven't thought that far in advance, but I'm sure he has. So you're the uh, one person who thinks that uh, Trump. Uh, is not sure to be uh, the candidate barring actual imprisonment? I thought that was the conventional wisdom. That may be the conventional wisdom. Uh, I, 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 why isn't the conventional wisdom he's sure to be the candidate even if he is imprisoned? I, I don't that? understand why. I don't understand why that doesn't solidify his, his, his you know, base vote. I guess oh, there's some... That's true. I mean, I guess you can run from prison. Uh, you you yeah. have to do more virtual appearances, I guess, than you used to do. But you, I guess you can run for prison. Uh, I mean, and would. the that less we be, see of, yeah. Usually, the less we see of Trump, the better. So prison might be good for him. The uh, the the other thing is, uh, yeah, the appeal is not going to be final, certainly by the election, even if they manage to squeak in a conviction. And uh, DeSantis was right in the debate. He said Trump is going to be convicted. I mean, look at all those juries. They're all going to convict Trump. He's going to be convicted every single fucking one of these. All it takes is uh, one Trump supporter on a jury. And they're, aren't they mostly bogus? But aren't there aren't there some Trump supporters on juries in America? Not in the District of Columbia. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you would expect, but that hasn't. I don't think that's happened. I mean, there've been a couple of hung juries, I guess. So that's a good point. Only takes one. But. Uh, uh, not in every state, but most states. There are yeah. some states that have uh, changed that So role. you think he will have uh, to be convicted of a crime uh, before? I don't. I don't. I don't think that will stop him. Right. But you know, the combination of crime and Haley beating him and taking the luster and him overreacting to Haley and lashing out in an egomaniacal fashion might do something. Uh, the other. The other wild card is. Uh, what my friend John Ellis pointed out, uh, Robert Kennedy is getting 18% in some polls. I was going to ask about poll. this. Who does Kennedy hurt? It, well, who does he hurt within the Republican Party? And then who does he hurt in the general? I assume he hurts he, Trump a little more than Biden. But what do you think? I thought he hurt Trump. But uh, the polls I've seen don't show that. But hmm. Ellis claims that Trump is convinced that I believe that he hurts him. So he's going to make Kennedy his running mate. So then you have... And mm. the pretty Bannon is urging this on him. So you have a Trump 
Kennedy ticket, and that sort of uh, seems like it might work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Kennedy doesn't have any impact on the Republican nomination. So I withdraw that other question. But, um, huh. You know, and the Kennedy's going to have trouble getting on the ballot, so he'll jump at this chance, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, they, 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 they um, it would be interesting. Uh, they, I mean, this, there, 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 there are a couple of polls that definitely caused uh, uh, a bedwetter comeback on the Democratic side, including Obama, who apparently freaked out, or at least had a meeting scheduled with Biden where he freaked out. I mean, there's a poll showing Trump ahead in Michigan, which is... Oh, yeah. No, Biden's in deep, deep, deep trouble. Deep, deep. I mean, at least at least it's a 50-50 proposition. And if you think democracy is at stake, you don't want a 50-50 proposition. Oh, I think Biden wishes it were a 50-50. I mean, if he knows what he's doing. I mean, look. The, the the Gaza thing is a mess for him, and Ukraine, as I suggested some months ago to you on this podcast, the what, the what is thing, the what Gaza, thing, the thing, Gaza, the Gaza. Oh yeah, it's pure trouble, pure trouble. Can't win. And uh, well, I, don't, I don't think foreign policy is that important. No, but you know, but like, here's here's. I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know exactly what kind of people would volunteer to. Uh, to work on a Biden campaign to begin with. But traditionally, it's like the young people in the party who do a lot of the hard work in election go door to door and so on. And they're the ones who are most upset about this and are going to actually remember it. I mean, if if the war ends pretty soon, your average American will begin to forget it. But there's some pretty pissed off young Democrats, and I think with good reason, personally. Um, And... uh, you know, you're not you're not impressed with Biden restraining Netanyahu, but with yeah, his he's, private yeah, admonitions. He's really pulling out the big guns, boy. He's completely controlled the Netanyahu weapons changed? and ammo. I what? I haven't followed this, but hasn't he? Um, hasn't hasn't he? Uh, I thought he. I thought he's talked uh, Netanyahu into saying we won't occupy Gaza and we won't relocate its people. Well, the most recent, yeah, the, within the last day or two, he he finally got Netanyahu to say that. Now, if you know Netanyahu, you know that what he says has absolutely no correlation with his future behavior. He's the most deceitful, treacherous, untrustworthy human in the history of our species, which, as you know, is saying something. But um, so I don't know. I wouldn't put a ton of stock in that. I suppose that's something. But, uh, you know, oh, well, oh, look. We don't have to get me on this well, subject yet, but ne- neither Haley or DeSantis is going to satisfy you on Israel because both of them uh, say we have to support Israel and give them whatever they want and support them in private and public. So yeah. public and private. No, no, so no, no politician, even Ro- Robert Kennedy, who on foreign policy is in many ways, you know, an iconoclast. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he recently, you know, Jim Webb, his foreign policy advisor, who was the son of the other Jim Webb, recently resigned right. uh, in protest uh, against RFK's uh, policy on Israel and Gaza because I didn't because know. Kennedy is so pro-Israel. Yeah, DeSantis, DeSantis is m- way more in your direction on Ukraine. Yeah. He thinks. Uh, I mean, Nikki. Here's here's what Nikki Haley said. He said, she says. If Putin w- wins in Ukraine, Poland and the Balkans are next. 
and some of them are NATO countries, and so we will be at war, so that's why we have to support Ukraine. She said, uh, her gimmick there is, I don't want to send them cash, because that'll be stolen. I just want to send them weapons. Well, that's complete bullshit. Um, obviously, they they need cash, so we, we are, are sending them cash. And, and if, if there were a, a combination of cash and weapons, she would vote for her. So, um, and then she said, this is, this is the key sentence. If Ukraine wins, China won't invade Taiwan. We know that. That doesn't, I mean, does I that make any could, sense? I can, I can, I understand the argument, but it seems like you could just as well argue that if Ukraine wins, uh, China will say, well, we're not going to make Russia's mistake. We're going to invade before uh, the U.S. floods the place with more weapons and advisors. I don't know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, also, 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 there, the you know, the geography is different. The, the, the you know, it, 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 there are a lot of things that are different between Ukraine and Taiwan. I actually don't yeah. think that's quite as stupid as saying that that he's going to invade Poland next, and uh, you know, that's complete batshit crazy. But. Uh, Whereas I don't, well, it, I don't, I don't totally understand. I, I don't purport to know exactly how China is processing all this, and you can make arguments either way. But, um, but the idea that Putin, uh, you know, has his has his sights on Poland, I think, is nuts. Um, anyway, Haley is uh, just. Uh, go ahead. So here, here's my basic where they they had this debate, and uh. It was one of those things where on paper, if you read the debate, you would say DeSantis probably won the same way you would say that DeSantis creamed Newsom if you read it on paper. Mm -hmm. If you watch the debate, I think you'd say Haley won just because of body language and charm and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And he instead, well, he should say, and, and she also complained a lot that he was demeaning her, okay? And th this resonates with women. I'm sorry to say it. That, he he should say, "Don't play the woke card on us. Don't play the identity politics card." Except grow there are a, a lot pair. of women who are. No, he woke. shouldn't say "grow a pair," but he should stop just <laughs> short. Of that. There, there are a lot of women who aren't woke who 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 I'm afraid are sensitive to the demeaning charge. Uh, you know, when Rick Lazio went and slapped the paper down in front of Hillary Clinton and said, sign this pledge. I forget what the pledge was. Uh, and everybody said that, all the women said that reminded them of their first husband and, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's why they left him. They weren't woke. They were just sort of super sensitive to men being macho uh, mm. bullies. And, uh, and he was, and so I'm worried that this does resonate, that it was actually a smart thing for her to say, because he was niggling her on, you know, on taking past, it was, it was all very oppo. It was like, you said, uh, that, you know, you, you oppose the wall. Well, it's a little more complicated than that. She probably didn't like the wall, but she was careful to cover her ass. And, you know, you said this and it was, you know, it's a little more complicated than that. If you go to, she has this website up to Santa's lies. Okay. It's not as, as horrible as I hoped it would be. Okay. So, I mean, she has a case. You mean and, and all these... lies com wasn't as horrible as you hoped yeah. it would be? Mm -hmm. It wasn't as unconvincing as I hoped it would be. It was, it's, uh, I, I thought it was just going to be, we disagree on policy, so I'm calling it a lie. No, mm -hmm. it's, uh, he called it a lie. And if you look at the larger context, I was smart enough to cover my ass. Okay. He's, so we, what he should have said is, I admire Haley's competence and, you know, and blah, 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 her, but unfortunately, 
She has sold her soul to donors on immigration and foreign policy. Uh, she is just an old-fashioned globalist uh, on both those issues. And she sincerely believes it, but she's dead wrong and it's wrong for America, okay? And you, you make paint those broad brushes, and she can't deny them. Okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's true. Uh, and, and he looks less demeaning. I mean, he's respecting her as sort of the... What was her line the, that was the equivalent of your mansplaining or your whatever? What did she say to him that, that put him on his heel? What, what's that? I think, I think I've hit a nerve with her big line, I think. She had a couple of good lines. Oh, that was it. So she didn't play explicitly play the uh, the identity politics? I mean, she didn't explicitly she say, said, you're treating said, me like a woman or... No, she said, but she said, you're, this is demeaning about 12 times. She, mm -hmm. she used, she was obviously programmed to use the word demean and she used it. And that it was only, it was obviously meant demeaning because you're a man and I I'm a woman, and that was obvious emotional undercurrent. Because I thought that earlier debate, I haven't watched any of them, but I saw this clip from the earlier one where they were hitting, everybody was hitting her hard, and Chris Christie steps in and, you know, and chivalrously defends her as if she's not capable of defending herself. Right. That seemed to me kind of weird. That seemed to me, right, like, what? That's, that's, the, yeah. white, that's the white light syndrome. Very yeah. masculine behavior. Yeah. Uh, but uh, And we saw what happened to him, so... Is this a, is this but the difference is when Ramaswamy attacked, attacked her, she seemed really shaken because he mm -hmm. was really vicious and she didn't quite know how to uh, how to respond. And, and now she knows how to respond because DeSantis isn't quite that vicious. And she was incredibly sleazy back to, to DeSantis. She there's this there's this congressman, Thomas Massey, who's DeSantis's great pal. OK, they sat next to each other in Congress and uh, and he has a policy of never voting for uh non unimportant non-binding sort of statements of congress so if you, mm -hmm. if congress declares you know the family is good he will vote against it if if it you know and calls it if you had a resolution that said puppies are cute he would vote against it so they had a resolution saying we are for we are against anti-semitism and he voted against it so she in her speech said and you brought the America's most notorious anti-Semite into Iowa and campaigned with him. Well, and he said, you know, that's just disgusting filth or something. He was so offended uh, and rightly so. But so she's, you know, she's capable of, be of being uh, more vicious than even than DeSantis was. Certainly. Yeah. Um, oh, God, uh, it's all so depressing. There's, there's not a single candidate I actually could possibly get excited about in either party who's actually running. I finally figured out who, you know, if Obama had done what I recommended on our podcast, which I thought would be enough to get him to do it, frankly, but, uh, and, and, and helped orchestrate, you know, this coup where they pushed uh, Biden off stage and, and got like an open competitive primary in the democratic party. I finally figured out who I think, I think Tim Kaine, did I mention him before? I think Tim Kaine would be good. He, he would crush. He's loser. He would crush Trump. He was a proven loser. He's he was, on, much, he was a, on the in the vice presidential slot and he lost. It happens. He's a perfectly decent man who is completely That's all wrong. You need to win. America wants a decent man. That's all. They want a decent man who doesn't have dementia. It, you know, no, they want. What? They want. And plus I, one I, they definitely think is, is decent. Somebody who is. 
they need somebody who gives them hope about the future. And I don't think Tim Kaine is that He's man. He's a smart guy. He's. There was also that ridiculous hype about how he's fluent in Spanish. And then he gave a speech in Spanish and I could understand every word. Okay. Well. If he was fluent in Spanish, I would not be able to understand every word. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it I don't know. Well, he could out, he's a nice he could guy. Out Spanish he, Trump. So, uh, and meanwhile, is there, are there technically democratic primaries because this guy, Dean Phillips signed up for them and got on the ballot? Like is, is the, is the Iowa caucuses happening on the democratic side? Did they happen on the same oh, date back when uh, the, the Iowa caucuses uh, have been uh, castrated on the democratic side? With good reason, they oh they up moved the them back further because they, the no, Iowa no, fucked they, up last time. It's worse than that. I think they're they're taking cards on Monday, the same day as the other ones, or some other day. But they're holding them until after some March deadline, when the DNC said they could uh, could you know jump into the race. So they're keeping them secret, and I don't even know if they have an effect. But it, 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 everybody, nobody is treating the Democratic primary as if it's anything here. It's like it's a non non primary. It's been castrated by the Democratic National Committee and Biden. Uh, New Hampshire, they tried to castrate it, but the New Hampshire people resisted. And so they have they, they're still having this vote. Uh, and, uh, and 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 so Biden is at the stage of write in campaign to go against Phillips, but Phillips is not doing very well at all. Wait, wait, he can wait, still wait. come back all time. What do you mean a write-in campaign? He's not on the ballot? He's not I mean, on the ballot. Biden, Biden is, is and the, Phillips is? Yes. He, Biden said, Biden said, this isn't the primary. The DNC isn't going to allow it, so I'm not on the ballot. And New Hampshire said, well, fuck you. We're going ahead and holding it. And Biden did what Lyndon Johnson had to do against McCarthy, which is run a writing campaign. I don't know why, I forget why Johnson had to do it. But, uh, you know, Johnson beat McCarthy by like a few votes, but it was, performance was so bad he dropped out of the race. Uh, Biden's writing is, you know, beating Phillips and Marianne Williamson like 60 to 8%. So Phillips has to come back, you know, come back in an unprecedented way to, uh, to, to do what he has to do in New Hampshire. And if he doesn't win in New Hampshire, I mean that's his shot. I don't know. Uh, I you know I don't know where else you could possibly have that impact because the other states are much bigger money. New Hampshire, you can actually walk and talk to people and have an impact uh, yeah. without spending money. He, he seems uh, kind of like a transparent fraud too. He he he's he, have you have you seen him in action? No, he, he's, he's just he, one of really? these guys who, who who's who's. It's like all talking points. He's completely convinced. He's almost worse than conventional on foreign policy. Uh, he's a little like Ramaswamy in the sense of like, you know, trying to come out with the the out of the box idea that, you know, we'll 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 take the world by storm. He's not, not as outside of the box as Ramaswamy, but uh, I, I find him That's totally unimpressive. That's what we try to do here on this podcast, Bob. We're out, we're, we're outside of the box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of us is, Bob. Uh, Wait, the, the we other both inter- are just in different ways. And okay, then there's some intersection of the Venn diagram of our out-of-the-boxness a little bit. Um, but 
the the other interesting thing is the person who wasn't attacked in the debate and wasn't even attacked in this this uh this Nikki Haley rally I went to is Biden. It's well, bizarre. You, usually Republicans attack yeah, the Democrat. Yeah. The only yeah. Person, the only person uh, uh, Nikki Haley attacked was Kamala. They play the Kamala hard. They don't play the Biden card. He didn't even. She didn't even make the obvious point that Biden is too old and Kamala is going to succeed him. Uh, well, attacking it, isn't that the subtext of attacking Kamala? That's, that's the subtext. She said the, our nation can't afford Kamala Harris. Okay. Yes, yeah. she said that. But that's the, that's the subtext. But she didn't make it explicit because that would turn into attack on Biden. So uh, is she? Is it because you know in New Hampshire, Democrats can cross over? So. Oh. Uh, and, and even in Iowa, people have changed their registration to Republican so they can vote in the caucuses for Haley. So she may not be wanting to offend uh, Democrats, which ordinarily is not such a bad thing. But in, in the persona of Nikki Haley, I don't like it. Yeah. But, uh, the uh, I forget if it's just independents or anybody can vote uh, for Republicans in New Hampshire. But now, she's going now- to get a lot of cross. Now, Chris Christie dropping out does help Nikki Haley. Is that the, the conventional wisdom is right I, there? That's the I conventional guess. wisdom. And I've tried to find why that wouldn't be true. And I can't. So mm-hmm. I think, yes, I think now, it will help. Uh, for, traditionally, in situations like this, the candidate who's dropping out might place a phone call to the candidate who's going to be helped and kind of, you know, without getting any kind of guarantee, suggest that they might wind up with a cabinet position or something. But if you're going to oh, do I think that... that ha- you think that happened? Call. Oh, yeah. Well, but if you're going to do that, I don't recommend being uh, caught on a hot mic saying she doesn't have what it takes. <laughs> right? That's, that's right. what he said that's about the, Right. That he, he, he's an egomaniac <laughs> and he pissed on everybody. Yes. He's so great. Uh, <laughs> it's a real loss for the race, I think, that he's out. I mean, you must have lamented that, right? He's, he's got, well, there's only one person left with high entertainment value, and that's Ramaswamy. No, I hate I hate Chris. He has no entertainment value for me. He, I admit he took out Marco Rubio. So that was hey, that was a service to the nation. His but, um, legacy is secure. It was a suicide bombing that the world right, will never but, uh, forget. He, um, uh, uh, you know, you know, you know how you know how the uh, there used to be like there'd be a debate, and then the advisors would gather and. Uh, and and spin the reporters like mm-hmm. in the same debate room, and then all of a sudden they formalized this previously sleazy ritual and made a separate spin room called mm-hmm. Spin Room, mm-hmm. where everybody mm-hmm. went to get spun, which basically means you know manipulated and and defrauded. Uh, so maybe there'll be a separate room after a talk. There'll be the hot mic room yeah. where you go and you say all the hot mic things that that would have been caught by a hot mic and you sort of want to get out there, but don't want to say in the formal thing. That's a great uh, idea. Uh, you know, so, uh, the, the AI deep fakes, the AI deep hmm? fakes have definitely gotten to a point where what we should have is just a stampede of fake hot mic moments. Cause all you have to, all you have to do is feed it like a couple of minutes of, of Chris Christie actually talking and then you can have him say anything you, and you can alter his uh, face accordingly. I want to see more of this. Except not with him, with you know, the rest. Um, uh, that would be good. I have a couple. I, 
a classic Nikki Haley thing piece of bullshit. She's talking about how um, you know, she talked about the root causes of immigration mm-hmm. and how a lot of these people are fleeing gang violence. I mean, if you talk about that, there's no way that she's going to be tough on the border. But that's, anyway, that's leftist. Said, the, uh, the very phrase "root causes" is like he didn't the use the word thing. "root cause." Oh, okay. But she talked about root causes. These people, they, they and, and and she said, and we should. What we should need to do is go down there and teach them how to fight gangs. Okay, now that's. I'm sorry, we're not going to teach them how to fight gangs. That's that's like saying we're going to rebuild Afghanistan in our image. This is not going to happen. It's a it's a fantasy of American. I don't know imperialism that we can go and quickly, uh, you know, change the a, a rooted culture of an impoverished society like that. It just ain't going to happen. So if you say that, you're an idiot, mm-hmm. uh, and and it is specifically a neocon idiot. Um, uh, I'm inclined so, to agree. Um, I, I don't anyway, think... that's that's and that, that that seems to be an insight into how she thinks. On the other hand, you know, in in the retro '90s, uh, retro '80s portion, she on Social Security, she's obviously right. We do need to change the retirement age. We she even mentioned means testing. You know, so yeah. it's hard. It's a little hard to dump on her when she's right, but. Uh, Oh, I, I'd be happy I, to do that. But Social Security isn't the most pressing issue right now. It's so bad it's going to take care of itself. We have to deal with it. So you no, don't have I to find campaign. her uh, deeply abhorrent personally. But then again, I put a lot of emphasis on foreign policy. I, I, I guess on balance, I find DeSantis less objectionable. Um, Trump, I got to say, I find terrifying. I mean, the, the, you know, what people are saying is true. This time he, he's going to know what he's doing if he's president. He will like when he promotes the generals to, you know, uh, to a point where they can be on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. When he selects the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, there's going to be one criterion, loyalty to Trump. Same with the attorney general, head of the FBI, head of the CIA. I I, I, I genuinely and look, as you know, I'm not a huge alarmist. I'm not like David Frum on this subject, but it's 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 kind of scary. But um, don't you sort of assume that the heads of those agencies are loyal? I mean, the problem is he's going to ask them to do evil, illegal things. Uh, and well, then they're well it's, it's that combination. A, last time around, he didn't choose for loyalty. I mean, uh, Mark Milley wasn't ultimately, he briefly looked like he might be too loyal, but, but backed off. Um, same with Attorney General Barr. There were his his administration was full of people who would not carry water for him in the end. That's not going to be the case this time. A and B that that other thing you mentioned, asking them to do illegal shit. Right, that's what Trump will do that a lot of presidents wouldn't do, or at least wouldn't do much of. That's the terrifying combination. He's going to continue to want them to do the illegal things. Uh, and this time, they're going to be the kind of people who would say yes. And his base is more revved up because they feel that he's been systematically persecuted uh, up to and including having his election victory stolen from him. So, I mean, it's all and, you know, all the sources of domestic tension are there. Um, it's it's bad. You think there are enough people in the country who are remotely qualified for any of these positions 
uh, who will be that loyal? Remote qualification, I don't think, is going to matter. I mean, uh, sure, you have to, to be confirmed by Congress. So much depends on who wins the yeah. Congress. Yes, if you get 70 percent of the Congress like FDR had. Sure. But that's not going to happen. Well, that's true. I mean, who does have to be confirmed by Congress of these people? Well, all the cabinet level positions. Um, certainly the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, certainly the head of the CIA, certainly the head of the FBI. Um, that's kind of reassuring. But, I mean, wh wh what do you think is the most senators will have? Like 55 or something? The other thing is, sorry? What do you think is the most senators, Republican senators, will have? Because every Republican senator is terrified of him, apparently. So will he have like 55 or something? I guess, yeah, he's 54. not going to have 67. 54 is about the, the if the Republicans end up with 54, they will be doing spectacularly well. I don't think they're going to retake the Senate. So I, I think they're going to end up with 49. But all so, he needs, so, all he needs to pack the cabinet is, is 51, right? Uh, no, I mean, I it's if. Oh, do you? Uh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think. Do you need two? You, no, it's just advice and consent yeah. of the Senate was the is what it says in the Constitution, and that yeah. is translated into a sheer ma just mere majority, right? right. Yeah. Other thing is the other thing is uh, uh, that assuming he abides by the Constitution, he's term limited. Now, one one, possi one, possi one possibility is he won't abide by the Constitution, and as he nears the end of his second term at, at age 95 or however old he'll be, uh, he will want to somehow finagle his way out of it the way Bloomberg finagled his way out of a, a less effective two-term limit uh, in mm -hmm. New York. Uh, but if he's only one term, he's a lame duck, and there are going to be more and more people in Congress willing to defy him, uh, I would think. Well, uh, I don't think so. I mean, they still fear his base. They still fear him telling his base that they that they betrayed him. That's only if they're up for re-election. If they've just been re-elected, I think uh, well, they'll have every, some. Uh, yeah, but the, the, the other the other factor, the other factor is, uh, which uh, is is uh, that he still craves the approval of the New York Times. I think maybe mm, not. I think he's given up on that. He's a realistic okay. man. He's from Queens. He. Wants the people in Manhattan to like him. Okay, yeah. I guess that's right. Uh, okay. uh, um, no, it's 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 disturbing. I mean, and on the military thing, the thing is, he already has a lot of support among rank and file soldiers, and the saving grace has been that at the you know kind of uh, flag officer level, uh, it was harder to find ardent supporters of him, um, but. He gets to, I don't know what role the president plays in promoting generals generally, but I think he can get any general promoted that he wants to get promoted, right? I would think so. The, the, um, I mean, I think he, the, can, he can turn a lieutenant colonel into a lieutenant general overnight, probably. It's happened. I'm not so sure. You think they can do that? I think, I, didn't Eisenhower minutes. get promoted three levels when they did, uh, uh, or something? He, he couldn't say, uh, Private Bob Wright, you're now chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff? Uh, probably not. Um, I'm available, he, by the way. Speaking of what, here's a qu uh, a question: Is uh, Colonel McGregor will he have a role in a Trump administration? Is he Trumpy? Oh, totally Trumpy. He's a he's Trumpier than Trump. I mean, he's a he's a true Buchananite conservative through and through. Has he been vindicated by the course of the war in Ukraine? 
well, question I closer than closer than the blob. I mean, he, he he's been hyperbolic. He's in his own direction, like any day now, Russia is going to take all of Ukraine and that keeps not happening. But compared to the Michael McFalls who were saying any moment now, Ukraine is going to take Crimea. Yeah, he looks he looks good. And we um, are now to the point where it looks like Russia could actually start gaining some ground. As Mickey, you may recall, one of us uh, warned against uh, uh, and, and before the, uh, the Ukrainian summer offensive, one of us said they shouldn't do it. They should play defense instead with all this shiny new equipment they've got. And I, they'd be I, way I better off if they had. It's now become a thing to discuss. Did we miss the chance for peace? I sent you an article, which I didn't read. Did you read it? Mm, no, because I know the answer. <laughs> I was I, I wrote the Washington Post piece in December of 2022. But if the conventional wisdom is now validating you, shouldn't you be happy the way Trump would be happy if the New York Times validated him? Well, no, because I, it's not about Bob, Mickey. It's about the fate of the world, you know, although. Of course, you know, there's some virtue in Bob being vindicated. But the thing is, I've learned from bitter experience that my being right time after time after time in foreign policy does not get me to be head of like the Council on Foreign Relations. God knows I've lobbied for that position. It just doesn't happen. <sighs> um, the the uh, the conservative Victor Davis Hanson, you're familiar with him. He's sort mm. of a. Mm, nut is the word you're looking for, I think. He's pro-Trump. He's a classical military historian. Uh, mm -hmm. He claims that the new incoming chairman of the Joint Chiefs is okay, unlike that clown Millie. So uh, uh, he's an Italian, he has an Italian name, like Sorelli or something. But uh, 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 is that right? He, uh, I, I'm trying to, uh, I'll Google this while you're, no, anyway, Millie, so Millie's among the people who, uh, who could have run, who would have been a fine Democratic presidential candidate this year. But uh, let me see who the chairman of. It, anyway. No, no um, it's, it's, that's what I thought. It's Charles Q. Brown. He's black. He's not Italian. Hmm. Well, maybe he's just on the Joint Chiefs. Maybe he's not chairman of the Joint Chiefs. What, the Italian guy? Well, there are definitely Italians who are not chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I know several, yes. You're, so we you're vindicated on, again. You were correct. We were on the Joint Chiefs. There, there are like oh, five on, Joint Chiefs. On the, yeah, yeah. there's one from each military uh, branch. Uh, anyway, um, another crazy thing, uh, uh, well, a couple of things. Uh, DeSantis is bashing EVs, so that's become a Republican thing. Huh. Uh, they're both Trump and DeSantis saying they're going to save the American automobile. I would not rule that out as a powerful issue, uh, even though uh, I think DeSantis eventually will concede that eventually probably electric vehicles are going to take hold. Uh, you know, the, uh, but Biden is moving too fast, et cetera, et cetera. And he leaves that's the part that we're all going to end up driving EVs vague. Uh, uh, but that that is interesting. Interesting. It's 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 a it's a you know if you just get approval in the press from from promoting EV targets uh, and pushing for EVs, there's some backlash there that the press ain't telling you about. And well, people you know go on trips. Is, you knew this is bad news for if, if Trump and and uh, his competitors are turning on EVs, right? Elon Musk. Elon Musk, because he's more and more dependent on a red state constituency, at least for American sales, now that it, that so many blue state elites are 
more or less boycotting his brand. Right. So, and uh, he needs the red staters to buy these, the, the Cybertruck pronto. But they aren't. They're buying them and gritting their teeth and saying, I hate having to buy the Tesla. I mean, Jim Fallows bought a Tesla. Yeah, but when? He didn't buy it in the last year, I'll bet. Oh, totally. He, he wrote a long, agonizing article saying, how can I buy? I can't buy an Elon Musk car. I'm looking for the alternatives. And then he wrote a column saying, well, I bought a Tesla. I guess I hate it. I hate Elon Musk, but I like this car. Jim, so, Jim, Jim. Um, this is uh, really... What can I say? Um, uh, she also, uh, Haley also has this crazy idea that she wants to cut spending to pre-pandemic levels, which seems insane. Uh, a classic bit of, uh, you know, uh, late 20th century budget politics is, you know, uh, you know, let's freeze the budget at pre-pandemic levels. So, I mean, that's something Ernest Hollings would say, and he would have been right when he said it, but it's just not our politics now. Uh, um, but you you pointed you pointed out that Trump Trump does not have a vision for how America is going to be great again. Like he says, he's going to make America great, but he doesn't say quite how. Somebody said we're going to retake the lead in AI. We're going to do this. We're going to decouple from China. We're Wait, you know retake the lead in AI. I think we're actually ahead in AI. Okay, but come on, don't be talking my lead. country down, man. Protect our, our lead in AI. Well, um, but Biden's already, you know, got that kind of locked up, uh, having launched his chip war against China and deprived them of the cutting edge chips, you know. Right. So he doesn't but now but he does but he doesn't say and this the second part is we're gonna retake the lead in AI and it's gonna be good for us because we're gonna have all these drugs, gonna do all these routine jobs that everybody hates. Uh it's not gonna, you know, uh put out of work everybody. Uh, with an IQ under 120, although it's going to put out a work everybody with an IQ over 120. <laughs> it's it's going to put out them and over 140. So only the people who have an IQ of 130 will survive. <laughs> yeah, there is a, there's a narrow band of people who have a productive life ahead of them, and the rest are heading for the metaverse. And I will see them there. I'm 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 looking forward to it. Really, because Jack Schaefer just tweeted. Remember the metaverse as if the metaphors had died. Mm -mm. You claim the metaverse. That's died. where we're heading, buddy. Just give me UBI and uh, Quest Five or whatever they're on. You know the uh, and I'm I'll, I'm a happy guy. And some you pellets. You, you need food pellets, right? I want food pellets, uh, and I I want to wait until the um you know the AI bots are slightly more lifelike the 3D AI bots who cater um, to my every need. Okay. Um, I won't follow that word, the obvious direction. Actually, no. Um, this is for you. This is like life coaching for you, Mickey. I am happily married, but I've got, I bring good news to you. Increasingly lifelike AI bots who meet your every need. Right, right. Will they, will they clean up my house? <laughs> I might actually. Uh, every basic need, every basic need. Now okay. you're talking. Now Actually, you you laugh, you laugh, but at the current uh, consumer electronics show, whatever, in Vegas, uh, both uh, LG and Samsung unveiled physical bots that roll around your house saying, what can I do for you? Now, they can't clean, but how hard can it be to, to say to them, yeah, could you get the Roomba to go vacuum this room, right? You know, the Roomba. Do you have a Roomba? Are they gonna, I, I want them to anticipate my every need. I don't have to boss them around. That takes time. 
Elon's working on that. He's going to have the brain chip that senses people who want the when they want the room vacuumed, like the thing, the Roomba springs into action because there's they're like in the metaverse. They don't want to be bothered there. They're 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 uh, having an encounter with a with a you know an increasingly lifelike three D being that meets their every need. If you know what I mean. Um. Uh. If if the three D being if the three D bot can be the shy librarian type, that's how. The, you might, hey, choose your game. You choose your plot. But the interesting thing is, with AI, even you don't know how things are going to work out. So, oops, boyfriend shows up and blows your fucking head off, man. That's going to be the drama in the metaverse. It's going to be great. In the metaverse or it's going to be great. World. What? It, it, I was, is, does he blow my head off in the metaverse or in the real world? That's the thing. And you can have it either way. See, that's where Elon's brain chips come in. If you sign up for the high stakes version of the metaverse, boyfriend shows up shoot you you actually die in real life this can happen we can we can we can bring this to you um you know there 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 are people who are now being charged with rape in the metaverse is there wait raping who raping other people they're encountering other in the people. metaverse raving the, yes. ra raving the avatars of actual people yes yeah well you shouldn't do that seems like a seems like a legal stretch to me but, well, not as much as uh, raping a bot that isn't anybody's avatar. That would be that would even call for even more creative uh, legal reasoning, I think. Right, but they're obviously going to pass laws to make it illegal. But no, it's it's going to get wild. Yeah. And I shouldn't joke uh, uh, because I'm not sure I'm optimistic about where we're heading. Yep. The other encouraging thing was that DeSantis. Uh, is running as you know more right wing than he actually is. There are sort of signs of uh, bipartisan appeal that he's letting leak out. Uh, you know, the, the uh, he's talking about letting people buy cheaper drugs from Canada. Well, that's a state Democratic staple. I think it's bogus, but it's a Democratic staple. Uh, he opposed fracking in the Everglades, and Haley attacked him for it. But it seems to me if you in Florida, if you live in Florida and you value the Everglades as this yeah. wonderful natural attraction, you don't want fracking under it. Mm -hmm. uh, he talked about how we have to be nice to people at the end of life as as well as being pro-life at the beginning of life, which you could extend. I think he means we don't let you pull the plug yeah. and we're anti So he's got, he's got your vote. This is like half of your nightmares involve the plug being pulled, right? Correct. Um, and he talks a lot about the poor, and he, he you know, he, 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 he comes across as not a somebody who does not care about non-white people. Um, uh, but one of the things was they both bizarrely, this is how stupid Mickey is, okay? They both bizarrely talked about, they say voters constantly talk about the mental health crisis, how we need more mental health counseling, we need more staff, we need more money put into it. Because there are all these people wandering around with mental health problems. There's some horrifying percentage of people who have mental health problems, and they're curable with drugs. So we need this infrastructure to, to take care of them. Uh, and uh, and I thought this was like this is wonderful. This is patriotic. These two people have both uh, reconciled themselves with active affirmative government to help people in need. And then it was pointed out to me by this, you know, 18 year old who was sitting next to me at the rally. No, that's how the Dem that's how they 
deal with gun violence. They say instead of banning guns, we need better mental health programs. And, you know, and if we treated these people, they wouldn't become mass shooters. Uh, Seems an unconvincing argument, but it could also be sincere. It could be that the need to deal with the gun argument has led them to sincerely care about mental health. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Anyway, I'm all for that. Uh, In my two favorite, my two, the two issues I care about most were at moments of peril. Uh, In immigration, there's, there's now this deal that's supposedly cooking where uh, in exchange for Ukraine aid, the Mm -hmm. Biden administration makes some concessions uh, to, uh, to the Republicans, but it turns out that, you know, the Biden idea of making concessions involves a whole lot of sweeteners for the Democrats, a little amnesty for the so-called documented dreamers, uh, you know, an increase in, in this category and that category. And the, the enforcement provisions are pretty wimpy. The classic example being, uh, we're going to change the standard from, to let you into the country from credible fear to reasonable fear. Uh, and it's, it's been proven that that has no effect at all because the credible fear standard is, uh, is imposed by these immigration judges who have a very clear idea of who they should let in. Mm-hmm. And they let in 70% of the people and Trump, Steve, Steve Miller in Trump's administration tried desperately to get it down to 60%. And I think he failed. So changing the standard, is, they're just going to say, we're still going to approve the same 70%. We always approve. And the other thing is some something called expedited removal, which does not result in removal. So, so it's it, it they're two like bullshit things, and a bunch of goodies for the Democrats, which is very so, unfortunate because. So, are we never going to get a deal that uh, leads to the the big Ukraine aid package happening? I mean, I would think okay. there's also an issue uh, on the other side, which is that I might think that Republicans would worry about giving doing biden the kind of political favor of having him sign a bill that actually did a lot of the things they want to do on the border right because then he'd kind of get credit for it in the general and he could always tell his the the people in his party who hated he had to do it and some uh, is that wrong yeah it seems they're definitely worried about that but there there are two forms of the worry one is uh there were they're worried that he will he will they they will sign up for a deal that doesn't do the job but they'll still wind up owning sort of being responsible for the continuation of the border crisis and they won't even achieve any of their goals and the other thing is what if biden actually did reverse field and endorse some of the things uh you know like remain in mexico that probably would do the job uh and uh and how would republicans react would they rather have the issue or actually solve the problem that's a difficult one, but they're definitely worried about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, about the, the what I call, you know, the the briar patch. They're 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 throwing Biden, in, they're helping Biden go where he wants to go. He's happy pissing off the left, but if you can say the Republicans made him do it, then he's he's it's easier for him. Uh, now, if so Trump anyway. if Trump wins and has a Republican Senate, will he build like the whole wall? He probably he'll he'll build a lot of wall this time, right? I mean, you would think, but you know, but we're we're way beyond the wall being enough to stop the problem because the problem is, you know, the legal the legal loophole of amnesty for people who show up at the wall and, you know, they go through the gates and they you know they 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 
So what will yes, he do about that? If you, them, if you can stop them from ever setting foot on U.S. soil, the wall would have a big effect. A big effect, but still, they could show up in. in, in what would you deal with that? Well, that, that's that's the dilemma. You have to remain in Mexico. Deals with that. It says uh, you can claim amnesty, but while we while we hear your case and we know that ninety percent of the cases are turned down, you can wait in Mexico uh, while 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 we take two years to turn down your case, and then you have to go back home. Well, that's not a very appealing prospect. So if you do that, nobody's going to come. That that yeah. worked for Trump. That's what is there really. Such a strong political reason that Biden can't do that. I mean, does does is that's huge bizarre that's, that he that's, doesn't? Yeah, that's why I, I asked. I, I was sitting in front of uh, former Congressman Will Hurd, who's a Republican from a border district, and I said, right. "What's going on with the Biden administration that they won't do this obvious thing, which is stop listening to the left on all these uh, remedies?" And uh, he gave a long answer that basically amounted to. I don't know either. <laughs> uh, it, um, it, See, this it, is, you know, they've made, but you know, a negative partisanship. I, I think that's a term for when, like, you you hate the other side so much that whatever they propose, you oppose. And yeah, well, that's and Trump, you know, this kind of happened. I mean, Trump. I mean, he, he he was saying various things about immigration that I objected to strenuously, especially in terms of how you treat people who are already there who are already here but um you know the idea of tightening up on the border if you remember early on after trump won in 2016 uh peter beinert came out and said you know maybe democrats need to rethink this and reposition themselves on this and i mean it was a hail of bullets he just he had to backtrack so fast there was no tolerance for doing anything that trump wanted to do and i'm not even talking about building a wall I'm just talking about saying, right. well, yeah, I mean, there's a reason they call it legal immigration, right? You 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 define what legal immigration is and try to confine the immigrants to legal ones. That's 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 sure. what an immigration policy is. But he would that was impermissible. And I think, sure. you know, Democrats would be in better shape and Trump would be in worse sure. shape if they listen to people. There are people there are certainly important strategists like Roy Tejera. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe. Carville isn't saying this also, who are urging that course. And then we have the example of Fetterman, who, after coming out of his depression, has declared we need to get a little tougher on the border. And his polls have gone up. So uh, yeah. even among Democrats. So so you would think Biden would be reading that poll and taking the obvious message, but we don't. They have made noises about bringing back Remain in Mexico under some other name. So they won't seem like Trump's plan. And the other problem with remaining Mexico is they the left claims that the conditions on the camps where, or wherever where people remained in Mexico were bad, and the answer is well let's make the conditions better, mm -hmm. if 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 that's what you want. But the point is, if you if if you actually have people remain in Mexico, there's not going to be many people in these facilities because they ain't going to come. The only reason they come is because they can remain in the United States while they. Uh, while their hearing is while their case is adjudicated, so the second the second uh, big era of area of uh, 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 potential disaster is they are also reviving the refundable child tax credit. Bob, my other I, I saw that issue. in the headline and I thought, oh no, Mickey's going to uh, talk about this. And the key question is: is does it have a work test? And it looks like they're going to have some work test, but. You're going to be able to use last year's income to say, "I work last year, so I get a free uh, a free ride of 
trial tax credits this year. Mm-hmm. And I guess the year after that, you won't get the, you have to work again. So you have to work like every other year. Uh, and the, and the question people like me have to decide is, is that awful? And I haven't quite decided yet. I previously had thought, but I hadn't thought it through that it wasn't awful, but you just, you just want people to be part of the labor market and be sort of a working family that sends people into the workforce with some regularity. You don't want to have dropped out of the workforce, but, um, uh, I'm, other people on my side of the debate think that's not good enough. And it will be much, you know, the Democrats are not in any position to start demanding stuff like that. They should, you know, stick with the work tested increase in benefits for working class, poor people. It'd be a good thing. It'd help them out. And it just is not the pure welfare program that they want. Well, it's going to be interesting to see over the next few years. I don't mean like this year, but, you know, when AI does start, lowering wages for more white collar workers and uh, even even maybe threatening some of them with unemployment. You know how that how that rearranges politics, if at all. But um, I think it's going to happen. I, I, I'm resisting the idea that it's going to make me an advocate of universal basic income. Yeah, I, I have yet to be sold on that. But, you know, I mean, it's I mean, going to it's going to call for creative thinking. And. Uh, and I don't know, some. Some sort of safety nets are going to be uh, more in order. Um, and I think I'm safe. I mean, who's going to do, Bob, what I'm doing now? Who's going to do the fake Nikki Haley support for the Yeah, no, cold they do open? not I mean, have a bot that can hold up the sign that says pick Nikki. No, no, absolutely not. So I, I, I'm okay, Jack. It's, You're good. Yeah. And what, bot, and what bot is going to want to talk to you? So as long as I'm having podcast conversations with you, that part of my job is secure, right? Uh, you better cling to me pretty closely, Bob. <laughs> I'm your lifeline. My whole point is I don't have any competition, Mickey, because the bots, you know, the bots are true. I may go on Ann Coulter's podcast on Sunday. Any moment. Yeah. And I'll tell you, she and I compete oh. for exactly the same audience. So that's it's pretty threatening. Uh, you're sort of on the same side of Ukraine. Um, yeah, we sort of are, actually. Uh, so, uh, and she's yeah. very anti-Trump. You know, she should have my last podcast guest she should have on, assuming you'd want to go on her show. I'm not sure. But Who's the Steve, last podcast guest? It was uh, Steve Walt a few days ago. Steve you Walt. probably would. Yeah, well. Okay, I'll suggest suggest it. Sure. Okay. Um uh, uh so I think that's okay. I had I had one other I had one other thing to talk about, but you wanted to say and I and I heard this from the from various people that Twitter is going down the tubes. Uh it's hard to, to say. It's like there are constituencies that are still there. It's now a lot of kind of mainstream media type people have seem to have migrated to threads, especially. I, it seems it seems to me like of, of Mastodon, Threads, and Blue Sky. Threads is the most serious rival. I, threads is I went to Threads and tried to look for an intelligent conversation. It was just awful. It well, was like Facebook. That's everybody thing. affirming their liberal prejudices. Well, there's that. It may have the ideological slant that you notice more than I do, but I'll tell you, that's even worse on blue. You would find it even worse on blue sky 
or Mastodon. I mean, your people have gone to whatever the right-wing alternative to Twitter is, right? What is a right-wing alternative? It's not Rumble, right? Rumble is video? Is I don't Rumble know. video? Whatever it is. Oh, it's truth. My truth social, where you truth and retruth and oh. uh, quote truth. Um, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, it's weird. Uh, now, I, the, kind of the hardcore are still there. First of all, there are whole areas. Like I have a list of, of AI people and I think they're all just staying there. I mean, they don't give a shit. Uh, and some of them are probably Elon fans. Some aren't. It's just like they don't have time to to like do a big virtue signaling thing about how they oppose Eli, uh, Elon and so must find another platform. Um, and and it seems to me like a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the, the people really engaged in the debate over foreign policy are still there. One thing I've noticed is that uh the ratio of likes to retweets is getting lower so so like and that may just be because i've been doing a lot of stuff on gaza and that what's happened as time has worn on is that the casual observer of affairs in the middle east is less and less interested at all and those are the people who might have liked something and the super engaged people are still there and they're retweeting so maybe gaza specific it doesn't sound like you're I mean, what we're, we're, we're talking about is not whether Twitter is going to fail financially, although it's connected, but has your experience been degraded? And you, you seem to say it has, and it sounds like it has. Well, has it? I mean, I, I there's a weird thing. It's like the people who are retweeting me and liking, it's like, I don't know who the fuck they are. I, it used to be that I would recognize more people as people I knew who, who were yeah. doing the liking and the retweeting. And I think a certain number of them kind of have left. I certainly know people have left. If you add up all the people I know who've gone to either Mastodon or Blue Sky or Threads or all of the above, it's a non-trivial number of people and they are not insignificant. A lot of the big names are on Threads. That's partly because they, they're so big that they have people doing their social media with them for them so they can they don't even have to do that much work to build up the following. And and also they're such big names they can train they can just move a certain amount of their following from one platform to another. So, a lot, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the liberals and Democrats have left. I've noticed that. The, but aside from that, I find the quality of dialogue is no better or worse. The same, the same, you know, 50 people whose comments I I, I respect and search for uh, and, and value are, are still there. And, and uh, maybe Josh Marshall is sort of vanished and. But 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 in you know I have a bunch of readers who sometimes say smart things and sometimes don't. But it's basically the same experience. And and crucially, I think the the key people I hope to reach, like uh, you know like reporters for for major papers, enough of them are there to make it worth the while. There are probably fewer than there were before, but it's okay. It's it's still worth it. It hasn't been. I'm not bombarded with Nazis. I don't, uh, I think yeah. it, maybe it's because I paid the fucking $8. Do you pay the $8? I forget. No, I don't pay the $8. Maybe I should, you know, it'd help. The, um, uh, but you're, of course, I mean, your ideology, the part that doesn't overlap with mine, uh, is those people are more likely to hang around Twitter. I, I mean, you know, the, the, right. the, and, uh, and I, so on the other hand, the, the foreign policy part of my ideology, um, is sufficiently distinctive uh, among that liberals. That, yeah, yeah, I think it does. Uh, but if you're, on, if you're on the left and you're on Twitter, 
you're facing a much more hostile crowd than you were before. Right. Yeah. And and I would notice that, well, unless you're, so far as foreign policy goes, unless you're on the kind of far left. I mean, those people, are, I think those people are still there. Um, right. uh, but anyway, I, I don't, I don't know, but it's just like, it takes a lot of work to build up. I mean, I, you know, my, 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 whatever my following, which isn't huge on Twitter, but it's not nothing. It took years and years to build up. It's like trying to start all over on threads. Give me a break. Um, so I um, don't know, but, uh, like it's the web equivalent of what I, what I've concluded that is, uh, if you work hard selflessly in a large organization for the good of the organization, there is no fucking payoff. You're an idiot. They, there maybe used to be an, a payoff if you worked at Bell Labs and after you died, they can say, well, Bob Wright really did invent the transistor, so we should which, give him which credit. Which is true, by the way, yes. Uh, but, um, but now with the, you know corporations being disloyal and going broke and being bought again by venture fund people who fire everybody, there's just no reason to devote your life to the your employer. Well, and fewer it's, and fewer people do it. There's like a disaggregation of like there's, there's this story now is how this ESPN guy, nominally ESPN guy, uh, you know, is as uh what's his name? The the former punter for some, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, it's just ba telling various uh, ESPN executives to fuck off on the air. And <laughs> there's not it's kind of nothing they can do because he doesn't like really work for them. It's like, well, technically he's got his thing and it's licensed to them and it's a streaming thing and blah, blah, blah. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's well, all it's all one big network. So finally, uh, yeah, go ahead. Something happened with him today. I didn't click on it, but either he got fired or he he pledged his loyalty. I forget which. Oh, really? That yeah. would be that would be news. Um Go I think ahead. So you say ESPN has some leverage. I, I I'd be surprised if they take this completely lying down, but you never know. Uh, no, I was just going to say uh, uh, the the um, the thing. I mean, since there is no parrot room, the parrot room esque thing I would talk about. If there were parrot room is I I got a little into the JFK assassination rabbit hole. You saw that I had Jeff Morley on right on my podcast. You retweeted that I had uh, Jeff I Morley on my podcast. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, that's the rabbit hole of all rabbit hole. I, I, I am, I'm fighting the good fight. I'm keeping from descending completely into the rabbit hole. But, but a person could spend a lot of time trying what to get to the Jeff, bottom of that thing. What? What does Jeff say? What does Jeff from Morley say? Because he's a smart guy. Oh, he's definitely that there was a conspiracy, which is no longer a radical position. But he goes. I gather from uh, people can look at the podcast with him. You know, he's got this site called JFK Facts. I mean, first of all, Jeff, you know, when he was he broke important stories, like when he was at the Washington Post, um, I think he broke the story that uh, the the CIA liaison to the House Assassination Subcommittee, which which in the 1970s revisited the thing and itself right. concluded that there was a good chance there had been a conspiracy. But I think Jeff the broke with the, the thing with the radio on the cops motorcycle picking up an extra shot or something that figured see this it's worrisome that i know this that i can answer this question that's what i mean <laughs> that's what i mean <laughs> there was a dicta belt 
on that was supposedly on a cop's motorcycle that that picked up the shots and the house that house committee did take that very seriously other people have sent have claimed that you should they shouldn't have i don't know to what extent that that fed into their conclusion that there had been a conspiracy but see what i mean this is this is bad that i know this anyone know some other things i know but no. you were explaining Jefferson Morley's scoop about the CIA liaison. Yeah, the official CIA liaison to this House Subcommittee on Assassinations, if I'm understanding this correctly, it turns out, you know, the whole, there's two bodies of evidence that make you doubt the official story of one shooter, no conspiracy. One has to do with the shooting and the bullets and the witnesses and the grassy knoll and all that. And then right. there's the part separate from all the ballistics and how many shots were shot that just is about the CIA's relationship to Oswald and, right. and the relationship to the anti and the CIA, the CIA's relationship to Oswald, to anti-Castro fanatics and the CIA's like, for example, their support of this anti their funding of the anti-Castro group, which like right after the assassination, publicized the fact that Oswald had these pro-Castro leanings, right? And, and, and so, because a big part of the theory is that rogue agents in the government wanted, uh, in effect, Castro to be blamed for the assassination by association so that the U.S. would finally invade uh, Cuba or something. Um, that, that's a big strand of theorizing. Um, but uh, wait, where were we? See, this is what I mean. This is what it's like when you're a rabbit hole. What was the question? You're explaining I was explaining the two pots of information that discredit. Oh, anyway, the so what Jeff, I think what Jeff broke was like, it turned out that the official CIA liaison to this committee was just neck deep in coordinating the secret anti-Castro activities that he, he's just like, when you look at what he was doing at the time of the assassination, you're just like picking someone who's going to want to continue the cover up. And the CIA has see CIA has definitely worked hard to cover up what it was doing. The problem is that there's in principle an, a relatively innocent explanation of them covering up how close closely they were monitoring Oswald and all that. The innocent explanation being that, boy, did they look stupid. Having if they were covering the monitoring them as closely, having failed to tip us off uh, before Dallas, right? And isn't, isn't there isn't there an equivalent right wing explanation which says Oswald spent a lot of time in the Cuban embassy in Mexico City, and during that period they programmed him to kill the president? Well, uh, yeah, and and the and the counter is well, that's what they wanted it to look like, right? He 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 tried. He went to the Mexican or what? Maybe the Cuban embassy in Mexico or something. He tried to get into Cuba. This is shortly before the. Uh, right. But I will say, there's two things. It turned. This is what I've learned, and I think this is undeniable. Uh, uh, there are people who deny it, but that's because they haven't talked to me long enough. In <laughs> both of these bodies of evidence, uh, like evidence that there there was more than one shooter, on the one hand. And evidence that uh, the the CIA uh, could well have been doing what the conspiracy theorists say, or something like it. And I should say, like more like rogue elements in the CIA, not not like from the top down. But um, 
there is significantly more of both kinds of evidence than I thought, you know, back when I, like everybody else, laughed at anybody who mentioned the phrase grassy knoll and it's like these crazy conspiracy theorists. We'll say that. There's a, on the body of evidence that's the uh, the uh, ballistic, you know, more than one shooter, grassy knoll part. Mm-hmm. There's a cure for that, for, for conspiracy theorizing about that. What which is, is to visit Texas School Book Depository. It's all everybody, very close. It's all very, it's a small everybody area. Goes to, everybody goes to the, then looks at the place where Oswald took the shots from, says, this Dealey Plaza is tiny. I could make that shot. You don't need an explanation for how he could pull it off. It's, 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 it's not hard. Mickey, I would direct your attention to frame 313 of the Zapruder film. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is, I'm not kidding. That's the frame. Um, what happened? More than that, uh, well, I mean, there's, oh God, I can't believe, and this is, uh, you know, hey, can I say, people who are about to check out, can I just say that, like, if you want to encourage Mickey to come on the podcast and watch on YouTube, you should smash the like button. Uh, um, or rate and review us favorably, or become a paid subscriber to the Non-Zero Newsletter. I will not share any of the money with Mickey, but I will share with him the fact that we picked up a few paid subscribers. I'll tell him. Um, there's a good, there's a, 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 a early Robert De Niro, Brian De Palma film about Kennedy conspiracy. Is it? From really? 40 years ago called Hi Mom. Huh. Only, I remember him, him, he tries to seduce a woman by tracing the rod of the bullet between the front of her shirt and the back of her shirt. And he's, Robert De Niro is totally into uh, it and he becomes like a mass terrorist. So I'll, that's a cautionary tale for me. But there, quickly, I would just say, I, I would just say, <laughs> well, first of all, if you look at the Zapruder film and look at the direction Kennedy's head moves in, if it's doing that in direct reaction to the bullet, the bullet definitely didn't come from the depository. Now, I do think there were shots fired from the depository. They've recovered bullet fragments and all that. Uh, and I think Oswald fired them. But... Uh, now, uh, I, I, now bullets don't always have a big impact on heads. I have to finish this off now that I've started it. However, however, if it was a soft-shelled or hollow-point bullet fired from the grassy knoll, that would <laughs> totally that would account for this kind of head movement. Okay, so a regular Oswald was firing full metal jacket bullets from the deposit. Right, okay, so so the ones that hit Kennedy from the back of the head, if one did, or the one that hit him in the back, would not have necessarily moved him sharply. However, if the bullet from the grassy knoll was not that kind of bullet, it could well have had exactly the effect on Kennedy's head that we see. This is getting gruesome and depressing, but um, uh, what, nobody buys the Woody Harrelson's father theory. That always seems to be the most promising. What, what is what is that one? Uh, Woody Harrelson's father was a convicted mob hitman. Mm. And a picture of the three amigos on the grassy knoll, and one of them looks exactly like Woody Harrelson. And everybody looks into it and says, no, that's the theory's bullshit. But Well, the assassin wouldn't be visible. I mean, the shot wasn't fired from the grassy knoll. There's a parking lot behind it that has a stockade fence that would be perfect. Okay, it's but, completely but okay. They, they, detained, they detained these three guys, and one of them looks oh. like Woody Harrelson's father. Oh, they detained him? 
Really? The police sort of stopped them, and there's a, I think, and there, there's some, at some point they stood still for a photograph at, in the area, and, you know, that was. Well, there's a mob uh, hitman named Charles Nicoletti who uh, was called to testify before the House subcommittee, and right before he's going to testify, he was uh, killed, as it happens, and so there's speculation about him. There's a couple of those. I should say that Woody Harrelson is now, I think, believe protesting that his father was innocent. So, yeah, maybe he's right. You saved us was a lawsuit of, of killing a judge. So, F final um, thing is, there's a lot of credible testimony from people who were the closest to when it happened, and there weren't many people around. The crowd had thinned out by that time. I mean, by that part of the procession. Um, who who kind of all point to the same area where they heard at least one one of the shots, and they, and they were very close to Kennedy and very close to that spot. It wasn't the that's sort of that, that's like the Las Vegas shooting. Everybody said that there was more than one gunman, and yeah. I'm not convinced that it wasn't just the sound ricocheting around. And you always think could have could have been. Direction. See, you keep leading to things that you me to say things I could only say if I'm deep in the rabbit hole. So the final thing I'll say is, <laughs> yeah, guy guy on the overpass that Kennedy was about to come under right. very credible guy because he worked for the railroad, but he knew law enforcement because he had been deputized for 10, for 10 years. He had been a deputy who carried a gun. Uh, at least I, I don't know if that, I don't think that was his full-time job, but he knew his shit. And he said right away, I heard four shots. Three sounded like a high powered rifle coming from uh, the area of the book depository. One sounded like a smaller caliber bullet. And it was over there, and he pointed the same, you know, place that was also more or less uh, signified, uh, you know, pointed to by a couple of other witnesses. And uh, he even went over right away and investigated and saw a place where there were all these footprints, and it, it was muddy and and cigarette butts. And uh, so his te his testimony is the most interesting. But also the the closest person to the thing, like 20 feet from Kent, like, I don't know, 30, 40 feet from the car and another 50 feet from this place where the shots would have been fired from. He said confidently it was it was it was behind me and above me. Um, you done. Uh, there's there's similar acoustic evidence in Las Vegas, apparently. That they're yeah, no, the, the echo thing occurred to me. There's not a lot there. There is a structure. The fence itself is wooden. I think that you wouldn't get it from that. There is that other structure at the top of the glass, gla uh, grassy knoll. <laughs> Can't believe I'm still talking about this, but it's it's not all that solid a structure. So I don't know where the, the echo Vegas, happened. The Las Vegas thing is that there were two there two different sounding guns seemingly fired simultaneously. That's what people said, and that was or, or was that's the guy the, actually using two? Mostly that's where audio experts who are experts in listening to guns and figuring out what they are say. Oh, wait, so there's an so actual I, credible theory of multiple? No, it's not a credible theory of multiple shooters in Las Vegas, right? Well, this, it's, this isn't public. This is just talking from guy, some guy who says, I, 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 I hired, you know, two audio engineers, two expert former Green Beret audio engineers who, you know, listened to these guns and they all said, yeah, they're completely different guns mm. being fired at the same time. Anyway, what do I know? Uh, you should have Mike Isakoff on. He went down the rabbit hole. He came up. Probably doesn't want to go back down it again, but he knows a lot about it. Well, I should. Uh, I mean, because, you know, he had Jeff Morley on his podcast and he sounded pretty skeptical. This was months and months ago, back when he was doing this Yahoo podcast. Yeah. Mike. It, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's 
Yeah, I, I trust him. I forget it. His theory all has to do with Postal Inspector Morris. I don't know if you got into Postal Inspector Morris. I haven't Morris. gotten into that part of the rabbit. I'm doing a pretty good job I'm of staying out of it. I'm Postal Inspector. Um, okay, so I want to um, rescue you yeah. from destroying the fan base of your podcast. And I want to read you a list, and you're going to tell me uh, uh, what these things have in common. Okay? Okay. Uh, college, college sports, mm -hmm. college, girls sports, subways, journalism, driving, dating, going to the movies. They're all endangered species. They're all things that used to be occasions of joy and pleasure that have been completely ruined. That are no longer occasions of joy and pleasure. Uh, the girls' sports one is exaggerated because there aren't that the, the uh, penetration of uh, formerly biological males who now identify as women in sports is probably not a great percentage yet. Um, but, but nevertheless, it threatens to completely degrade the experience for women. Uh, college, nobody knows why they, people go to college anymore, and they. Don't don't even go to college they go remotely and uh it doesn't pay off and doesn't seem to be that much fun uh uh subways they just opened a new subway a new you know rail line in la and it's already been taken over by the homeless and their you know piles of urine in the corners etc cetera, etc cetera. nobody wants to take it can i just add uh, that Jer i live can i just say i lived in new york in the 1980s and it has not always been the case that subways were a place of joy and whatever else you said okay but what has happened is they used to be a place where all classes took them anyway even if they have to hold their nose what and now that? now affluent people do not take the subway it's all if you go on the subway it's all people who are in below the me the median and below well, I wouldn't say it was a lot of affluent, affluent people even then. There were a lot of young people who would eventually be somewhat affluent and a lot of kind of more, you know, artsy people and stuff. But I was riding the subway a lot right in the years, in the couple of years right before the pandemic. I mean, a fair amount I was getting in New York. And there was still a certain amount of there was still a certain amount of socioeconomic diversity at that point. I think I think the to... pandemic was bad for them. Uh you go on the sixth line now, which goes up the east side of Manhattan, go, goes to the rich areas on the Upper East Side. It used to be there were guys well dressed in suits and, and wool coats yeah. going home to the subway. Yeah. Those guys aren't there anymore. Yeah. Well, Uber. They're Uber, too. Yeah. Um, uh, cars, electric vehicles, have, uh, you know, or people are not convinced that electric vehicles are going to be nearly as much fun as gas powered cars. And what's more, they're going to monitor you. And if you, you know, if you make a false move, they'll probably send a, sig a bat signal to somebody who will, you know, put a speed restrictor on your car. Uh, dating, everybody hates being online. It was meeting people the other, the old-fashioned way was sort of much more fun and less degrading. Uh, Speak for uh, yourself. <laughs> Not that I've tried it the online way, but I don't remember the other way being a barrel of laughs. Anyway, um, and you know, anyway, that, that I just think I, I, you know, there are not that many compensating great things that are now available that that give people pleasure. Uh, that compensates for taking away all these other things. 
That's my thesis. And that that's another source of unhappiness with the future, which is not being addressed by the retro neocon neoliberalism of Nikki Haley. We've come full circle. And also, we've managed to get to the point where we sound like old guys. So I just feel that this has been perfection itself, this conversation, exactly what people expect of us. I'm talking um, about dating. Do I sound like old guy? No, that's true. That's a young, that's a young person's game, boy. Anything to report on that front? You know what they no. say about Iowa women, Mickey. Uh, they're nice. Is that it? I was going to ask you. I don't know what they say, but you're there. I was just going to ask. What do they Everybody say? Everybody and I was nice, unfortunately. Uh -huh. Yeah. Have you had a corn dog? No. <laughs> Uh, no, corn dog is not is not some cryptic reference to some exotic sexual act. Don't look, don't look at me like that. Um, a corn dog, as Freud said, sometimes a corn dog is just a corn dog. No, it's it's quite cold here on a caucus night. It's going to be negative fifteen. Ooh, I don't know if really? that's with the. I don't know if that's with the windshield or without. I think it's without the windshield. Ooh, ah, that's uh, pretty fucking cold. It's going to be incredibly cold. And, and and the question is, who does that help? Everybody claims that it's going to help themselves. You know, DeSantis says, my people are these tough conservative types. And, you mm -hmm. know, Trump's are the MAGA types. And Nikki Haley probably is potentially more hurt by the cold than everybody else. But it comes down to turnout, Bob. That's what they always say. And on that pearl of wisdom, folks. So is it Monday or Tuesday? Monday evening. Monday evening. And your prediction uh, is? Your prediction? Just the order. You just have to get the order right. You don't have to get the numbers. Trump, number one. Who's number two? I think uh, I, I, I want it to be Trump, DeSantis, Haley, because I don't like Haley and I like DeSantis and he'd be a good president. If he, I had to bet in secret, and it's just talking between us. I would bet Trump, Haley, DeSantis. But mm. close. Haley would do well enough to survive. I hope she doesn't. And but. and it and I, I maybe you've already said this, but Trump Haley DeSantis means DeSantis is toast. Whereas you think if it's Trump DeSantis Haley, DeSantis has some kind of non-trivial shot. Yes, but I don't think I don't think this. Well, I, I don't think DeSantis will necessarily drop out. Uh, it, it, that's the complicated factor that Haley would mm -hmm. not want him to drop out. He would drop out to fuck over Haley. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. I think I think he's more ambitious than that, mm -hmm. and his wife is certainly more ambitious than that. And I think he would. Uh, uh, I think he'd want to stick around. Yeah. Uh, so, so I mean, I mean, Chris Christie had a reason to drop out, which is he hates Trump. His whole campaign was predicated on stopping Trump. This was the best chance to stop Trump. The saddest premise is not we have to stop Trump. Mm -hmm. but, uh, so it's it's not like. Uh, it's not like helping Trump out by siphoning some votes away in New Hampshire is going to make him have sleepless nights. The alternative is, you know, anyway, anyway, you got the point. Uh, good to talk to you again. Yeah. Do you, you don't want to hear more about the grassy knoll? Is that my, that's my inference from the way you're, you're, you, you know, you don't want to hear. No, we can meet that. afterwards and you can like, you know, tell me everything. Let's meet in the metaverse. We can then we can be on the grassy knoll. 
in the metaverse. Everything is possible. If you go to Japan, is there a cafe specifically dedicated to people who uh, are obsessed with, have gone down the rabbit hole of the JFK conspiracy theories? I'm not sure I understand I mean, you saw, why you're you saw asking that Year's question. Eve, you saw that on New Year's Eve, they interviewed John Mayer from a cat cafe. I didn't. It was It's hilariously funny. He's huh. John Mayer, the rock and roller is singer is is now it was is being interviewed from a cafe with all these cats walking around and they're going it's a cat cafe i don't i don't know if i can make it more clear to you it's a cafe with cats okay so um, it's actual cats yeah huh. yeah they're they're like walking around so they have they have cafes tokyo such a big city they have cafes dedicated to themes you know so they may have a grassy knoll like cafe probably, that i could hang out in yeah no i think that's right that's my point I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. I'll do some Googling. Um, so, uh, well, listen, you, as you know, whenever you want to be a, a campaign correspondent and uh, check in, you know. Well, thank you. I mean, this this in-depth reporting that you've gotten today doesn't come cheap, you know. it's No, no, check is in the mail. Takes a lot of effort to go and talk to the two people you happen to be sitting next to. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. The, you really, the, you're, the depth of your research is what always just blows me away. The other thing about this event is there was uh, there was one reporter for every voter. Hmm. So every voter <laughs> talked to multiple reporters over the course of the afternoon explaining why they voted the way they were. I didn't feel like I was needed to investigate this issue more. So but, the Grinnell professor was your voter and like every 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 reporter has one official voter. I had two voters. Wait, who's Three. the second one? Yeah. Maybe even four, counting the one who blew me off. I talked to, you know, I'm yeah. a gregarious guy, Bob. You know that. Well, you are. You'll drive a long way to hang out with people, as you've just demonstrated. I, wait, are you going to drive to other places? Are you going to drive to New Hampshire? Yeah. Oh, my God. You got to check in, then. When is New Hampshire? I'll check in from New Hampshire, but um, uh, New Hampshire is a two week. Weeks? One week? No, eight days from Monday. Oh my so God! Succeeding oh, Tuesday. Well, maybe other, I'll spend. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, driving in the winter is incredibly dangerous. <laughs> Another original observation. So yeah, ice, no. ice is not. You don't get a lot of traction on ice. Are you finding? No, this was brought home to me um, in obvious ways. Uh, but uh, anyway, I won't go into detail, but. So if I make it to New Hampshire, I'd be happy to do another one. And if you don't, we'll have the uh, Mickey Memorial episode. Either way, people should tune in. Uh, oh, you mean if you, there's a, oh, you might just decide not to go? No, I mean, no, never mind. Let's okay. not pursue this gruesome. Yeah, it's getting We've kind been of grim. Enough. We should have stuck with the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> it's, it's, ta- it. it's taken a dark turn. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, uh, they're dead too. You'll laugh, or was was the, you'll laugh? They're dead. They're dead too. That so, was uh, that was a parrot room joke, and that's where that joke should stay. Yes. Okay. Um. Uh. All right. So we'll see you next time. Okay. See ya.